You're listening to the Rogers Waterfowl Podcast. This is A.A. Ron Jones. Chandler Smith here. Let's talk some waterfowl. You know, one of the things I think about when I think about forgetting my lucky duck is, or just spinning wing, you know, in general, um, is that uh, uh, how important it is to have one when I'm out field duck hunting. Um, you know, the, when I was living there in Illinois, that you know, the migration hits, and 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 it's one thing that you know it, you have to have in your spread, and 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 I always say that uh, you know. Canada decoys also make the best duck decoys when it comes in the field, but without that spinner, you know, you just, you don't seem to get them bombing in on you. And, and, uh, you know, you, you might have a little bit of a late night with some buddies and, 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 and you want to get up early cause you know, you're going to have a good shoot and, and, and you put uh, your lucky ducks on, on the charger. And, and, um, unfortunately there has been a couple of times where I wake up and, and I'm trying to rush out the door cause I'm a little late or I got to pick a buddy up and, and you get out there and you get to your spread set. And, and next thing you know, everybody's like, well, where's the lucky ducks? And you go to pull them back out of the trailer, out of the back of the truck and you forget them at home. So, uh, it, it was a good thing that, uh, that we, you know, that, uh, we, we typically hunt about a half hour away. So, you know, it's, it's a, it's a quick rush back to the house and, and, and uh, grabbing those because without them, uh, sometimes you're just shooting yourself in the foot, especially uh, hunting Illinois in, in those fields. It can be a lot of traffic because just getting permission to the X is, is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, I can't give you a hard time for that whatsoever because I have done the exact same thing. I've done it more than once, and I'm sure it'll happen again. And I'm fortunate enough, too, that in the river bottoms I hunt, you know, it's maybe a 15 or 20 minute drive back to the house where they're charging. But yeah, it's happened, Chandler. I'm sure you've. Yeah, done the same thing. So we're talking with Ricky Hart today, and he's from Lucky Duck Decoys. And uh, the topics we're going to kind of discuss today are the spinning wing decoys. Um, this is Aaron here, Chandler. Mm-hmm. We got him. So, um, yeah, uh, Chandler, any any stories that you can think of? Of you no, not that I can think of. Guilty as charged, though. Oh yeah, I've definitely <laughs> forgot them, and and I think I don't know. Depending depending on where I've hunted, I don't know if we actually got back in picked him up but you that in your mind you're just saying the whole day's ruined because you don't have something <laughs> if you forget something you planned on to take you planned on taking out the field you fixate on that item how you left it and that's not with you and that's all your problems are because of that yes. particular event yes regardless if you you know somebody's got a blaze orange hat hoodie or whatever on it's because whatever you forgot that's mm-hmm. what the birds aren't committing that's why they're not finishing <laughs> yeah uh, it happens. It so, happens. yeah, I mean, for the past quite a bit now, um, we've been, uh, we've been selling a lot of lucky duck spinning wing decoys and they're just so they transformed over the years and they're, they're just getting better and better every year. Um, something that came out this year and we're just going to jump right into it is a fully waterproof lucky duck HDI. Um, tell us a little bit about that, uh, Ricky. Yeah, so this is something that we've actually been working on for the past couple of years, and and you always hear the the stories, or or you know, you guys from a customer service aspect, you get the calls. You know, my duck fell in the water, or I got into a downpour, and you know, and and what we try to do is we just we try to do the best to, to meet our customers customer needs, and and obviously stay stay uh, more competitive uh, in in a very noisy environment. So. Um, we worked on this for the past couple of years and, and, um, I'm really happy with, uh, 
with the, the ideas that, that came together and, and how we built this thing and, and the fact that we were able to put a lithium ion battery into it. I mean, that was kind of also the icing on the cake with it. So, you know, it is, it is completely, um, waterproof. The nice thing about this is it, it does have the same body as our lucky HD, um, that is very popular. It's the number one selling motorized spinning wing decoy currently today. Um, but, the nice thing about it is that uh, it's a completely different module design on the bottom. The whole, the brain, the battery, everything that's there is actually uh, pulls right out of that module. So if something were to go wrong or, or something needed to be replaced or something like that, we can just send that whole unit and then there's just a cord coming from the motor driving that motor. So it's uh, we tested it. I mean, we pushed it down in the rivers out in a uh, um, out in the North Platte in Nebraska when it was, you know, ice cold out and, and pulled it right out. And, and we even took it one step above is, is to say, yeah, it's waterproof, but we also even put closed cell foam in the head and the tail so that if it does tip over, it's not going to go underwater. It's going to stay afloat, you know, so it's not going to be like you're going to, you know, if you're in a mucky bottom or something like that, you're going to sit there and be trying to find it or, or whatever it may be. And, 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 uh, you know, it's just a, it's a really good design and, and we've updated the remotes this year. Um, before, you know, we use like a, uh, two, like a two, four, three, a battery, you know, it was more like the, like a half size of a, of a triple a and, um, and, and we wanted something that had a little bit more of a stable connection. So we went and, and was actually easier to get. Um, yeah, we went to the coin batteries, we put an on off switch on the remote. So, you know, we're putting a seven foot stake with this decoy. We're, we're, we're uh, giving you a bag in there. It's just a, it's a very unique decoy. It's definitely the premium um, spinning wing decoy of anything that's currently out there. And we think that we're going to do very, very well with it. And, and the design um, we've, we've tweaked the molds to the point where it just, everything looks so clean on it. And I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to get it in, in our customers' hands and, I, and I'm excited to use the final product. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just all that you listed off right there. It's pretty amazing on, on what these have come from. Um, you know, you guys were, I think the first couple of years back to do that, that new modular body and the whole battery back pack with the new remote receiver. All that was like, it was like, why didn't, why haven't we done that sooner was what I was seeing, saying when I saw that for the first time. So, you know, you know, I was used to the, the flip open the back, like the lucky scout or something to yeah. where you got to get that battery in and out to charge it for one. And you have to unplug stuff to do a remote you know mm-hmm. all that stuff that's where we came from is when you know i mean that was only like six seven eight years ago and now coming from that and that's that's a six volt battery we there's still double a decoys out there for spinning wings and we don't like to sell those here at rogers very well we uh we feel like our customers like a good six volt battery or even a lithium now on these hdis maybe double a's for teal or wood ducks but now the lucky duck went to that modular you know like control box that uh had that battery where it slides in and out which was great Mm -hmm. and then that usb receiver which is not any cords it's super easy to put in program and then and then that hd mold or the the carve is is awesome too i think we've come a long ways that way and now and then this guy it's just like one step up even more and with the stake, the foam filled, waterproof completely, 
battery yeah. box and a lithium battery that's awesome oh yeah and i mean the more you the more you can make a product user-friendly convenient ease of use the more it's going to get used i mean and i the the whole waterproof thing i absolutely love that because i mean we're duck hunters we're not fair weather fans we're out there in the worst yeah. conditions and i've had it happen to where you get a decoy out there it's on a stake you don't get it in well it falls into the water Kind of mm-hmm. makes your butt pucker up a little bit because you're like, well, this thing <laughs> might be ruined now. You never know. Yeah. Um, but And then the seven-foot stake, that's awesome, too. Yeah. Just, I mean, that's the one thing. You're always either trying to get an extension or, yep. you know, your stake's not long enough. You want to put it out a little further. You want it a mm-hmm. little higher. Yeah. I love that. I end up, my Lucky Ducks last year, I ended up having to, like, remove, like, take the bottom section off, remove the button clip, and then put rebar through it. So I could get it up over a spot because that's what I had to do that day to hunt yeah. that area. Yeah, but it's it's funny. I mean, it's you know you, you talk about the evolution of spinning wing Chandler and 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 how much this thing has evolved. You know, I've been with Lucky Duck now you know over over four years and and where we were at. You talked about the scouts and you know we used to do exclusives with you guys on that and we did really well and uh, that's why Rogers has just always been a great partner for Lucky Duck and and a and a great retailer uh, because you guys carry our whole line of products, but. You know, you, you talk about the double A's and the lithium ion batteries and the sealed lead acid and, and the new technologies and, and all of that, you know, you have this whole variation in your line, whether you start with a Lucky Junior 2 that does operate on double A batteries and then you, you evolve all the way to the like from the to the Lucky HD that runs on a sealed lead acid and then a, um, all the way up into Lucky HDI, right? Each one has a different feature. So like the double A's, right? Like it's that lightweight feature, believe it or not, when it's three or four three or four pounds difference because of that battery people want that double a like let's say if they're hunting down in the woods right and they and they're down in arkansas or something like that or it was a as a walk-in or or you know up in you know michigan they can only get there by walking in or or they have to pack lightweight or you know or even from an affordability standpoint you know it's uh it's the features but i'm with you guys on the whole rechargeable situation is that um especially now with the lithium ion Another huge difference with that is uh, just like you guys, I'm sure you have cordless drills or when you're doing stuff around uh, Rogers there and that lithium ion uh, drill will run full power until it is just flat dead, right? It just stops. Um, And that's, and that's the idea with the spinning wing decoy is that the sealed lead acid is just like a, like a battery in your car. Like it'll eventually just kind of just go down and, and, and everything will start to dim, you know, and, and lose power. gradually to where the lithium ion that spinning wing decoy is going to run 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 and then just stop and another great feature that we added on there is that when you push um, the power button it gives you a uh, battery indication so when it's 75 percent or more charged it will be green when it is uh, 25 to 75 percent charged it'll be red green and then below 25 percent it is um, going to be red and then your your charging time also um, is twice as fast. So you get the same amount of battery life. So you're going to get the, you know, right now our HDs run about 30 hours on the sealed lead acid. Um, the HD might, might be a little bit less just because of how tightly sealed that wing joint is. So there's a little bit more resistance there. Um, but it actually spins just a tad, tad faster because of the lithium ion. There's actually seven volts going to that. Um, and then, uh, you know, with, with that battery, it, it'll just, like I said, it'll just run nonstop. So, um, 
the charging port will be on the outside. The sync button's on the outside. You shouldn't have to go in that decoy for anything unless you had an extra battery and the battery, for whatever reason, died. So it's it's just amazing how much this stuff's evolved and, and the technology that, that we've been able to incorporate into our products. Yeah. That's pretty neat to think about that because, I mean, with those 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 lead acid batteries you know when you when you see them dying they're not really they're not working as a spinning wing decoy now because the the wings right. are too slow and way too slow yeah and you, yeah. you just got to pull them but the lithium running full full bore until it just quits you, you know you know you got to have a, a a good decoy out there in the field mm-hmm. and when and it I, stops you can just go get it yeah and it's a good point that you say that too i mean you think about it when a when a spinning wing slows down and you got birds working and it's not out there spinning full speed. You're right They're They just don't act right. And there's times that there's times where I've seen people, you know, they'll run like a, like a boss or something like that, a big control unit and they're running off of a 12 volt, but they didn't put the inverter in. So this wings are spinning twice as fast. So then you actually lose a little bit of that flash. So there's actually a balance in there when mm-hmm. it's too fast or too slow and it, it doesn't work the right way. So yeah. And I love the amount of runtime that you're getting out of these now. Um, I remember it used to be, um, you know, when I first started hunting and spinning wings were brand new, you'd, mm-hmm. you'd be happy if you could get a full day out of a hunt. Now, with with the way these things charge, you can get a weekend. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, two yep. two days for the guys that are hunting, you know, Saturday, Sunday. That's just, that's awesome. Yeah, it, it, it really is. And, and again, that's that's us just trying to meet our customer needs. And, you know, we get phone calls all the time and, and, and we listen and we take notes. And um, we do believe that, you know, sales sells the first one and service sells the next five. And that's who we are as a company. I mean, uh, we've got great leaders within our company. We've got a great customer service team. And, and also, you know, our, our team with retailers like Rogers that sit there and talk about you know, the hunting and, and the troubleshooting that customers face and, and we get feedback from you guys. So it's just, you know, it, 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 these are the things that you have to do to stay competitive, but the things that you, you have to do to serve the customer's needs as well. Gotcha. So let's jump into, you know, a little bit about why, why, what are spinning wings, you know, maybe for someone who's never, who's getting into this, who, who knows about duck decoys, who might not know about spinning wing decoys, this might have talked about what we're trying to do here, and then we're going to go into field versus water um, and go over just, like, different tactics, what you feel works the best, because I, I guarantee you've been around these decoys, you know, for a while in the past four, you know, four years. You know, you've been using them quite a bit. Yeah, I've used them my whole life. You know, I've been actually um, – I'm 37 now, and, and I've been in the blind with my dad since I was five, so I've, I've seen every – waterfowl contraption known to mankind out there and, and tried to do about anything to get a bird to decoy. Um, but you know, as far as the spinning wing goes, it's, it's, I think the most important place for them is, is, uh, in the field. Um, for me personally, I'm, I'm more of a field hunter than a water hunter, uh, just because of where I live at. But, um, you know, cloudy days, <clears throat> sunny days, it, it, there's an all variation in, in, in what the birds see and, and how many you use, you know, it's, uh, it's and it goes back to talking about that strategy and those that's where we can talk about that difference between that field and and water and, and what to use and in what different scenarios because there's there's so many different things there's there's guys out there that use 20 of them there's guys out there like me that use you know two to four of them sometimes i use more than that it just it really depends on the scenario and the situation but if there is ducks or potential ducks in that area or or i'm an x on an x with feeding ducks in a field there's no way that i am going in that field without a spinning wing decoy yeah 
So yeah, we'll go over your kind of your your field hunt scenario. I mean, how many how many full bodies are you putting out? Um, like I said, I, I believe that the I believe that a Canada goose decoy is, is your best duck decoy uh, um, next to your spinning wing. It's just the way that they pop out more. The ducks seem to be want to mix into the feed. They're very aggressive feeders. They and and so uh, typically, you know, on a duck feed, I, I'm going to probably set out. You know, for me personally, I'm setting out. You know, eight to ten dozen honkers. Um, and then I'm going to, um, I'm going to have probably two to four spinners out there. Uh, it, you know, it, it depends on the field size. If the field size is really, really big and, and, uh, you need to draw them to somewhere, maybe, you know, across the field or whatever, you know, you, you try to use, try to use a little bit more decoys, a little bit more flash and, and stuff like that. So I, I think the biggest thing is too, is, is knowing where they're feeding at in that field, that if you have that X that you really need to be, you know, within 50 to 100 yards because that's the spot that they were at last night and, and that's where they're going to be at and then you know having the spinners there and the decoys that that's just i mean that's the icing on the cake for you and, and they'll finish well and and i always say that the most successful hunter spends time behind behind their windshield gotcha yeah scouting we, we've been talking about that all you know through these couple of podcasts we've done is definitely scouting and doing more scouting and, and spending more time scouting than hunting um so there's probably not a not too many scenarios where you would go with less spinning wing, but what what would be the scenario you would add more? So the the scenario where I would really add more would be like in a traffic situation because I'm trying to pull birds that are going to a different spot. I'm I'm trying to pull them down or you know trying to get in their way and and make it look like this is something new. It's where fresh birds are going to. Um, you know, in Illinois towards the last last part of the season last year we hunted some really stale mallards you know we got into them really good and we tried to stay after them and there was thousands upon thousands and they were hitting different fields every day and just because that's what stale ducks do but you know at the same time they they almost they, they get they get used to them at times too so you know so we would we would always have like you know four to eight spinners we would try with the most and then we'd pull some back or you know depending on how birds finish too you know we would where you slide them in the spread and because they always want to kind of come across the spinners when, um, when they're coming in the field. So, you know, I always try to put them off to the corners a little bit. Some guys like to put them right out in front. You know, to me, I try to get them to slide across because they, they, they technically want to usually, you know, circle downwind of you, but that's, that's it, it. To me, it just, it depends on what the birds are doing and, and, you know, four to eight, you know, sometimes for me is the best. Sometimes just two. It just it just really depends on where I'm at and what's going on. Yeah. So what do you do different? That's your field hunting setup. What do you do different when you're hunting water? You know, believe it or not, um, when so like let's say if I'm if I'm hunting out in South Dakota, uh, we typically use you know four to six because you're you're hunting birds that are coming up and up and down the river. So you're they're very high birds and believe it or not, some people say a hail call doesn't work, but out there, I've seen it work a bunch of times, but out there, you know, you're, you're, again, it's that traffic scenario, sunny days. We, you know, we really want to use the spinners out there. Um, they, they see them from a long ways. We've actually, um, know a guy that's flown a plane over the bluff and, and I mean, they can see them from miles upon miles away. So, uh, it actually does look like ducks landing down in there. So in that water situation, uh, we're typically using four to six. And then we also use, you know, like our dabblers, um, splashers, quiver duck, butt HDs, like just getting that on the water motion because we're in backwater holes where the wind's a little bit lighter. So you're trying to ripple that up and, 
And believe it or not, when you got that water motion on top of water, that's maybe you're, you're in a backwater timber hole or like where you guys hunt, you know, impoundments or something. And, and the birds are getting out of the wind. Um, that motion on that water actually, and if you watch ducks from above, whether from a drone, they're actually, you know, agitating that water. So it actually changes the color of the water too. So, um, in the water situation with the spinners, like I said, probably around, you know, four to six there, um, go up into North Dakota where there's a, a pothole up there. Those ducks are used to being in there. Um, they've, they've seen it all. They're there all the time. I don't, I don't like to throw a lot in there because it, it becomes too much. So really in there, it's like one or two and you shove them a little bit over in the weeds. Cause then it breaks up the contrast of them. So in the, you kind of mentioned this, we'll just review this in the field. You use you, your placement on your spinning wing decoys. Um, is you said it was off to the side of a certain side, you know, in the corners, yeah. in the court and in correlation to the wind. Is that how you were doing it? You're not using it as like a backstop or you don't put them right like in the kill hole or. Uh, typically I, I like to put them off to the corners a little bit. Um, there, there are ducks obviously that will, will I mean, they'll, they'll cut the, the spinners and do that, but I like to put them off the edges um, and, and in the, in the corners of the pockets cause they typically sweep. And what it'll do is it actually centers them up. So, you know, they'll either, they'll sweep, like, let's just say they're, you know, they're coming in and, and obviously the wind's behind your back. Sometimes they sweep right over that spinner and they want to sit down in that hole or, or what they'll do is because the spinners are off to the side is that then they'll try to sit down in front of you. Um, ducks are very aggressive feeders. For the most part, I I watch them, you know, feed it, like I said, a feed ahead of the flocks or get very aggressive ahead of the Canada's because they want that food and they're almost like aggressive, like a snow goose, you know? So Again, off to the corners is, is what's worked best for me. And, and honestly, um, I love using our tripod stands on our spinners. I like them a little bit lower to the ground, but that's just me. Yeah. You know, I see guys that they'll use a ground auger pole or they'll, they'll buy two of our extension kits and they'll have it, you know, 10, 15 feet up in the air. And that's okay. What I found that works for me is lowest to the ground possible. Is that to, to help make you feel like the birds are going to start working lower and lower? when you got that that other spinning wing 10 10 feet up in the air they're always going to kind of be above that or do you just... yeah i think i think it's a depth perception thing for me and then quite honestly a lot of times when i'm hunting ducks i'm hunting geese too and i don't and and we know how geese react with just spinning wing decoys in general sometimes they get so stale and and so educated that just even having a spinner sitting out there that's even not spinning you know they they can see that so when it's lower to the ground it's it, i think it just it it breaks things up a little bit. It doesn't, it, it seems a little bit more realistic, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. I get it. So then when you, and if you use them in the water scenario, your placement would be a lot is different. Is that right? Um, yes, to a point, uh, like for, you know, obviously hunting water, you have your, 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 uh, you have floater honkers. And then again, that honker decoy is the best duck decoy there along with the spinner. Um, I, I typically, you know, put a spinner in, um, right on the inside of the honkers. And then, you know, you have your ducks kind of separated or, or, or down in a little pocket or something like that. You put a spin over there. I, again, to me, it's all about trying to center those birds up and, and very rarely, um, do I ever have them center up and sit down over the spinners. They, they, they always kind of want to slide and then, and then, and then, you know, just kind of go over them a little bit. They, they start to slide over them. Yeah. But if you, but you know, if you have them spread out and you, and there's a hole there for them to get in. That's that's what they 
that's what they tend to like to do. Now, uh, there's been times like down in southeast Missouri last year, we had the spinners out in front of us and the birds were doing that. They were wanting to sweep it. Um, so what we actually did is that we, we took the spinners and we just pushed them into the edge of the corn and then they were finishing all day in front of our face. Really? Yeah. Yep. Sometimes it just takes a, just watching and seeing what things are doing to, to figure out how to really get them to, to sit down, you know, perfect. Right. <laughs> move the spinners, turn them on, turn them off. I mean, they're just, it's a constant, it's a constant, I don't want to say battle, but, it, or struggle. It's just, it is all about placement and some days you win and some days you lose, but that's why I love the sport so much is because, um, you know, they, they, they can teach you so much and, and, um, there's so many different strategies that, that so many different people have. And that's just what I found over the years works for me. You ever met a waterfowler that didn't like to fidget with their spread throughout the day multiple times? <laughs> yeah, my 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 dad is 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 very adamant about that, and I got buddies that are very adamant about certain poses and and, and decoys, and and you know I'm adamant about my my feeders being in in the kill hole, you know, or sleepers in the kill hole. That's yeah, I'm the same way. I think we all are. Yeah, it's always something. You always got to move something around. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So another thing we haven't talked about, and I think I love them, is the is the the remote slash the timer on the remotes. Right. Um, the spinning wing decoys on a timer is very important to me. I don't know what what about you, Ricky? Um, you know, honestly, I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the guys that are I leave it on or or shut it off type person. I think from a timer aspect, I think a lot of uh, a lot of people that hunt in flooded corn or or timber or you know, buck brush areas where there's a lot of dense cover around them. They like that, that timer because then one turns on over here and the other one shuts off. And they're like these constant flicker, these ducks in these back holes, just, you know, feeding to where a lot of times I'm in a wide open field. And if that thing stops spinning and I have ducks coming at me, I'm like, well, most of the time that they, they just kind of peel out. So I just kind of, I just always, I just never really shut them off per se. If I got birds working, you know, it goes back to that stale birds thing too. Yeah, Try that makes a lot of sense. You know, out in the field, just let them roll. Cause I mean, I kind of use them like you just said, like you have multiple coming off and on portraying that there are multiple ducks coming in and then sitting down, coming in and sitting down, you know, different times, you know. That's kind of what I visually see myself hunting in these, you know, different, you know, flooded, you know, millet, smart weed or corn or whatever. Mm -hmm. You running those type of spreads there and you got your spinning wings, you know, maybe two of them or three of them, maybe. Um, and you got them on timers. It, it, I just think it, it, uh, it just, uh, it shows multiple birds landing at different times, but like on a field, you don't want them shutting off if they're coming, if they can see you from, you know, miles away. So it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Right, right, correct. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Spinning wings um, are not the only thing you guys do as far as, you know, motion on, on is for, for duck hunting or goose hunting. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you guys got quite a, quite a bit, the whole, uh, the whole lineup of water motion decoys too. Yeah, we're, uh, we really excelled in that here the past couple of years, um, you know, with the dabbler and, and, and the floating and the splasher, which is, you know, a, a floating spinner. We have the swimmer, uh, the quiver duck butt HDs, the quiver magnets have always been something we've had for years and years, but yeah, you got, you're absolutely right. And you know, the goose flapper, uh, the goose flapper was, has, has been a good seller. You know, I think it's going on year four now. Uh, but we just also, um, 
we're breaking out this year. Uh, it's a new item that's uh, the Super Goose Flapper HDI. So much like the, in the duck, it, it operates on that lithium-ion battery, um, and, it, and it plugs into the bottom of that goose decoy. It's a one-piece EVA carving. We, we really went out and made sure that it looked good, and, and it has you know, 200% better range of motion as far as on these wings. And, and um, we changed the wing material to – more of like a Tyveckish material so that it'll stand out a little bit more. It'll, it um, has that doll finish. And, um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about that because, uh, you know, the, the original goose flapper, while we've, we've had some successes with it hunting, you know, people have been wanting more of a range of motion out of that, out of that decoy. So uh, I'm excited to start hunting over that uh, more this fall because I just feel like it's, it's a lot more realistic. So for the people that are listening and, you know, they know that you make spinning wing decoys, they know that you make water motion decoys, um, it, do you have a certain preference as far as how many spinning wings you're putting out in the water with how many water motion decoys you're putting out in the water? Again, I think it's all relative to what, what's going on in that area, the time of the year. Um, if, there's, if there's migrating birds and fresh birds in the area, you know, that's when I will actually... Uh, you know, I tend to use those, you know, two to four spinners in a water spread. Um, if, if we're talking stale birds and, and things like that, that's where I actually, um, look to focus more on the dabblers, um, and, and quiver products just because I think that they're so used to seeing the spinners. Um, so I just like to mix it up and put a little variation in there. So sometimes, sometimes believe it or not, I just leave the spinner at home and I, and I go default back to some of those water products because, uh, they seem to, to work better. And I'm just trying to be different than the, the guy you know down the road for me yeah another thing that we haven't talked about was the difference in a flapper mallard or the spinning wing mallard so i mean there's two different type of wing motions yep. here yeah um, and do you use one in certain scenarios or uh over the other you know the flapper I prefer it over water just because of the white on the bottom of the wing when it's sunny. It tends to give that good reflection. Um, you're not going to notice it from a ways away like you are a spinning wing. It's just a subtle motion. And what we like to refer to our, our flapper is more of a finishing style decoy. Something that they're going to see as the birds are starting to, to settle in or work the spread. That, you know, they're going to see that that motion, um, a little bit more of a realistic motion with it, with it flapping. And, um, that's something that, that I, I do use more on water just because it does give off that reflection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the white's under the wings, and they're actually doing a flapping motion, not a spinning motion. Correct. Um, yeah. That makes sense. What do you think is some of the most important things to take into consideration when, you know, when using spinning wing decoys, whether it be field hunting, water hunting? What do you think people need to, to focus on? They need to focus on doing their homework. Um, and by homework, that's goes back to that windshield time and, and, and really watching and seeing what the birds are doing and understanding, you know, hey, are these stale birds or is there fresh birds mixed into with them? How are they acting? Are they just sitting there circling fields and, and not really going in and dedicating the feeding? And, you know, I, I, I'm a bird watcher. I, I'd love to. I love to go out and scout and, and get an understanding of what's what's going to go on the next day because there's been so many times where and and I know that we all live busy lives and and, and work you know uh, during the week and, and we just try to get out the best that we can uh, on the weekend so sometimes it's tough but if you can actually take one of your days that maybe you're hunting and, and get out and do some scouting and, and find yourself an X or find find out what's going on with the birds you know a lot of times you'll find yourself 
to have a higher success rate because you did your actual homework instead of just going out somewhere and, and hoping for a good shoot. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. Homework scouting is, is crucial. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and watching weather patterns and, and, and pressure and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's, it's all, it's all relative to, you know, when to take time off and, and when to go. It's, uh, it, it's, it's crazy how quick a duck can move and, and, and be somewhere tomorrow and, and, and again, be gone. So it's, it's a, it's a challenge. And a lot of times, like you said, watch the weather a lot of times too. Um, you know, it's the weather's been cool and all of a sudden you've got this crazy cold front coming through. If you're a water guy and you're hunting, you know, knee deep or less water, you need to get out there cause it's going to freeze up on you. And then you got a whole other world of problems, but yeah, weather too. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Very much, very much so. And, you know, that's a great thing about this, this, uh, this sport and, and this tradition is that it's, uh, it's evolved so much and, and there's so many good products out there for people to try. And, and there's so many new products that we've come out with for, for people to try and just trying to, trying to make people's hunt, you know, easier and, and more efficient and more effective. And, um, but you know, when it comes down to it, the, the biggest thing is, is just trying to line yourself up to, to have the best day possible. Yeah. So you also make, um, decoys, um, standard decoys, and you got some, some pretty unique features on some of those. Um, what's it look like for 2018? We got the deception mallards. Um, what else we got coming out? So, uh, we also have the deception honkers. So, uh, it's, it's actually a fully collapsible decoy. It weighs, um, it weighs half as much as a standard decoy. Um, so most full bodies that are, you know, um, a little bit of EVA with uh, some PE plastic mixed in, uh, this is a 100% EVA decoy that's collapsible. So it, you know, it gets down to the guy that's, uh, you know, beats on their equipment and, and, uh, uh, you know, might be a truck hunter that wants to pack in and go somewhere, you know, that, that was a, that was the idea behind this, the deception mallards is believe it or not, a, a dozen of those weigh uh, and rigged uh, weigh as much as uh, two, I'm sorry, weigh half as much as uh, two dozen of a standard decoy rig. So it's, it's uh it's a very unique material and the durability behind it is, is absolutely amazing. And, uh, you know, it takes a, a special process to be able to do that. Um, but it, it just makes things so much more lightweight, especially if you're in a boat or, or a situation like that with our ducks, you know, is that, you know, you start getting three or four guys in, in a boat and you get weighted down with gear, and guns and bags and, and decoys, you know, decoys weigh a lot, you know, you start putting weights on there they start weighing you know upwards of you know two to three pounds a piece on, on these mallard decoys to where ours you know when you add a, a three ounce anchor to them they're going to weigh in around a pound so it's 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 very light um and very effective and, and and very efficient and they look fantastic yeah the carve on them is, is very good and uh, and they're priced they're priced right for a for a clap you guys were the one of the first on the market if not the first with yep. a collapsible decoy mm-hmm yeah and yes we we were yeah and then the prices i think it's running 56 correct so yeah you're absolutely right and and the strategy behind that was is that we knew that while we've always been known for our motion decoys and predator decoys and kind of dove stuff you know the, the going into the static decoy market um we knew it was going to be challenging because there's so many nice decoys out there and there's so many brands that just kind of 
you know, that's what they do and, and they're well known for. And, and we wanted to have something that was just as effective as these premium brands, but that also service the customer as far as saving them money um, from an economical standpoint. So yeah, you're right. They're, they're $50 for a six pack. And a lot of times you can find, you know, crazy deals out there through whether it's Rogers or some other retail uh, outlets as well, that, that just have really good deals on them. And um, I believe that they're a very good product and, and you don't have to weight them down a ton to, to get them to hold because they're not a heavy decoy. Yeah. So, you know, some other, some other, uh, packable mallards like that are, are, are collapsible mallards are probably about the 130 to 140, 150, a dozen range. And you guys are coming at a hundred bucks a dozen. So that's a, it's a great value already. You know, it's funny that you talk about that too, because it's in thinking about decoys in general like, and the challenges that we all face as a manufacturer, you know, and, and trying to meet hundred demands and, and pain adhesion and everything. And it's, it's like what it boils down to is you're really buying a decoy from a retailer that is $10 a piece, you know? And, and I think that that's very cost effective for the same time for the durability and quality. I, I don't know when the last time it is that you spent $10 on something that was going to last you, you know, two, three more, maybe even more years than that. But I mean, I can't think of the last time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, that's always going to be the battle. Um, as a consumer, uh, hunter, you always want something that's better and better and better with constant improvements, but at the same price or at the same point, you don't want to pay anymore. And it's, it's one of those things that, you know, having worked on both sides, being both consumer and manufacturer, I, you know, we tend to understand that, yes, you, you've got to increase the price if you want a better product, but it's tough to get consumers to see that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. And and that's a, the, the, the challenges that, that we all face as, as retailers and, and, of course, manufacturers and, and just trying to let them know, hey, we're really trying to trying to help you guys out. and We're trying to offer the best product possible, you know, at the best price possible. And just really know that when you think about when you're buying decoys, how much does that one decoy actually cost you? You know, yes, you're buying six or, or 12 of them. And yes, they're over a hundred dollars, but how much was that one decoy? You know? So, uh, it's, it's, it's a very interesting market, um, when it, when it comes to, to the hunter. Yeah. And I think that the collapsible goose full body is a great, great idea also, because sometimes you got fields where you might not be allowed to drive your trailer to like the X where you're going to set your, uh, all your full bodies up around it. Sometimes you might have to use an ATV or walk in, you know, you might have to be, you could park on the, you know, the ditch or the, the gravel road or something, but you got to get your decoys to the middle. And, uh, you know, those lightweight decoys are going to make it a lot easier. Cause I've hauled some, you know, some big, heavy decoys. Oh man. You know, you know two oh, guys man. that sometimes are, you know, like a Bigfoot, two, two guys a bag and it's just, it weighs a ton, but, uh. I always told myself at my age and in my early twenties, I, I didn't mind doing walk-in hunts and in, in Michigan and, and even in Illinois, it, the thing is, is that they're starting to use a lot more implements in farm practicing now, you know, they're, they're, they're disking and chisel plowing fields in the fall to where before it was like no till. So they never really touched the fields in the fall, but now they're chisel plowing it. And so, you know, it, it's takes a lot longer, more time for the ground to freeze. Um, there's, you know, it, it's easier to get a truck stuck and you know how much that upsets a farmer. So it's to your point of using ATVs and, and UTVs and, and trying to get into a field, those decoys would be very effective in that situation because when you use a standard full body decoy, again, they weigh twice as much as this decoy. And by the time, you know, you put a ring base on there and everything else, you know, it becomes very heavy and, and you put a small trailer on a, on a four wheeler, 
try to hook up to even your regular trailer on a UTV, it, it's very heavy and hard to pull across that, uh, that field or, you know, uh, or like to your point, if you pack in, uh, it makes things very hard trying to pull a sled across uh, a chisel plowed field. Yeah. So as so a really, I mean, lucky duck, um, masters of the De- deception, you guys sell about all to go out there and get yourself out waterfowl hunting. I mean, you got a, the, from duck decoys, goose decoys, you know, spinning wing, water motion, you know, everything flapping goose decoys. And then we got even some, some snow rotary machines, all, all sorts of stuff. So if you're, if, if you're out there, you know, trying to build and get this, do the, you know, participate in this hobby and, and enjoy, you know, waterfowl hunting. I mean, you guys offer the whole line, you know, almost, almost about everything you can think of. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And we're going to continue to expand that and, and, and uh, be that brand that everybody can go to and rely on that, um, you know, I, I guess you could kind of label it as a one-stop shop that, um, you know, we want to be able to provide you with the best products available out there at a great price and 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 uh, with, with excellent service. And um, I think that we're doing a good job and making some headway in that direction. So, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're a duck hunter, we have it all for you. And, of course, anyone who... Um, is listening as well that may not be familiar with all these products. We've posted um, videos of most of them on our YouTube page. And of course, as all the new products come in, we yeah. grab those right off the truck pretty much. And we, we try and get videos of those up as soon as possible. So if, if any of you guys want to see some of these videos, hit on over to our YouTube page. We've done Deception. We've done the Spinners. We've done Twin Packs. We've done, I mean, we've done, we've done it all. So they can all yeah. be seen there. Yeah, about yep. everything on there. Okay, so let's go back to what do you think the biggest mistake is that people make when it comes to, um, you know, their spinning wing decoys? Do you think it's a placement? Do you think it's the numbers? Do you think it's, you know, turning them on, turning them off, turning it? What do you think the biggest mistake is that people um, can hopefully learn from if you provide an example here? You know, it's, I don't, I don't ever like to blame decoys for example unless it's you know obviously how you set the spread or where you play something like i would never the biggest mistake i think that people make with the spinning wing decoy that i've actually seen is people put the spinner behind them that is the biggest mistake you could ever make because first and foremost a bird is coming in your face because the wind is behind you why would you put something that they're physically going to see behind you because now they're going to see you mm-hmm I've never understood why people do that sometimes. I think their idea is, is to to bring the ducks in really close because they're using the spinners as a, a you know attractant as a back wall. The ducks are going to come right at it, and then they're just going to pop out. But I do – in everything waterfowl I hunt, I do not like to bring any attention in where I'm at because no. I think hiding yourself is very, very, very important. So using sometimes these spinners or, or water motion to kind of get their attention – into certain areas that is not on you, I think it just helps you finish them even better and they don't even know what happened. You know, it, it, it helps you. Maybe you're, you're taking a, a shot at a bird that has is not flaring at all, has no idea that you pulled up and, and you're you're staring down the, the gun barrel. But some of these styles like that, if a bird, if you're if the spinning wings are behind you and they're coming in, you, you pop up and you're shooting at birds that are already, you know, they're already, you know, turned around. You know, they're, you're already shooting at the rear end. Yeah, the the whole point is, and to your point, Chandler, is is that you want to get the bird, like a bird, if if you have a bird working the right way, you should want them working downwind of you, right? And and on water, the biggest thing is, is, and I've seen out in South Dakota many times, is that they start a mile high, 
And when they come down, they are running all, they're running a big circle. And the last thing that I want is I want something behind me moving because it goes to your point too. When you pull up to shoot, I mean, you're jumping out and now all of a sudden they see you and, and they're 10 yards further to where, you know, if you can get a bird working downwind and starting to commit to the spread and get down in front of you, well, when you pull up, you know, that bird's, that you're going to have a better opportunity than an, than an overhead shot. Yeah, you that's know what I mean? That first shot, I think I know what happened, and the second one, no. they'll be flaring, but the first yeah. one, it'll be yeah. great. Right, exactly, exactly. So, to me, that's that's the biggest mistake. I think we're getting here towards the end here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, do you have three to five words or final thoughts about, you know, just spinning wing decoys or lucky duck in general? You know, something uh, about either or? I would say when it comes to lucky duck, it, quality pricing and service that's not matched um when i think about choosing a go-to brand for my gear my spinning wing it's those areas is where we excel and we do very well and and we have people you know even myself included all over the internet watching what's being said you know answering the phones listening to you understanding what you want understanding what your problems are and, and there's not many brands that, and, and to me personally, this goes for, for anything for a consumer and, and manufacturers is that they're, they're losing because they choose to, uh, not interact with the customer. That is, that is something that we want to focus on. And it's something that we do focus on is making sure that we interact with the customer to make sure that we're, we're providing you with what you need. Yeah. That is, that's very important. Absolutely. Interaction yeah. is key. Yep, absolutely. 